And then there are those elders that have served a long time, and Byron Hearn is one of those. I appreciate Byron and his wife Linda so much as they've served as elders. There have been great memories over the years. Conferences and listening retreats, prophetic moments spoken over my life, and many of you can attest to that. Spiritual freedom sessions, and just inviting God to work in our midst, praying together and plotting together. And as a church, we've cried and laughed, and the memories through ups and downs, their faithfulness is something that is a testimony to me. And even through their personal difficulties and some crazy times, they have continued to be faithful and committed. They've always been a support to our church and to our leadership team. And um, Byron is finishing his term on the elders board this February, and they will be moving as well. In an email update um, this week, you may have read it, Pastor Jonathan wrote that he had asked Byron weeks ago if he would prepare, as he prepares to move away, if he would think of something he might want to share to the church as a longstanding influencer. And I just, I thought that description was great. Um, If Byron had any words of wisdom for us or either short, the open mic, or perhaps even a whole sermon. Well, this week, Byron let Pastor Jonathan know that he does have a word for the church, and Pastor Jonathan, not afraid to seize an opportunity, and realizing his own condition, he said, great, how about three days from now? And thankfully, Byron thought he could pull it together. So on short notice, Byron will be sharing with us this morning. Byron, if you want to come up um, and join me, I'd just like to pray for you, and just ask your blessing on the word that you're going to share with us. And just again, you might be sitting down, that's okay. (laughs) All right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Byron and Linda and their whole family. What a treasure they are. Thankful for the way that um, their faithfulness and their legacy is being passed down to their children and to us as a church family. I pray now that you would just minister to Byron through the words that you have given him, inspire his heart, inspire his courage to say exactly what you want to share. Give him the strength to get through the message, to um, just share what's on his heart. Thank you for his transparency and thank you for his giftings. Pray blessing on them, even as they will be sharing these gifts with many, many others, I am confident. And now, Jesus, I pray we would each just receive in our own hearts, prepare us, help us to be open to what you want to say. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. Dear God, our hearts are broken for this world. The hatred is palpable, the division undeniable, and the pain runs deep. We desperately need more of you. We ask for your truth to be louder than the noise which surrounds us. For your mercy to be stronger than the voices of oppression. For your strength to overpower those who seek to do harm. Where there is division, bring unity. Where there is anger, bring peace. Where there is evil, bring victory. Empower us to fulfill your mission, to answer your calling, to be the light you've created us to be. 
may your love, your grace, and your mercy flood this world. We love you. We seek you. We place our hope in the mighty name of Jesus. This we pray. Allah betune Junior Hakuna Savior. God leap dimension von der Welt. God loves the people. Sanoi Sai Sang Dayan. I had to say that. It's actually in about 14 or 15 different languages. March 30th, or the March break this year, marks 30 years that Linda and I and our family have been in Newmarket, Newmarket Alliance. It's now almost time to say adieu. We are um, moving, first of all, to Oshawa for a few months, and then off to Alberta. And we will be back and forth, um, watch the ball bounce, for a couple of years as we close down the business and um, move along. Jonathan, knowing our direction, had mused that, uh, and Chris alluded to this, that after those years on the board and as part of spiritual freedom, um, we might have some gems to share. And I remarked that that was very honoring, and maybe we'll get to that sometime. And then this week he got sick. So here I am, ready or not. My emotions are about that far below the surface, so we'll try and get through this. In recent months, I feel I've just been getting to know Jonathan a little better. Um, I learn about people by talking with them. And we and wrestling topics that reveal their heart. And Jonathan and I share a common background as Pentecostal preachers' kids. Hard to escape that tag. Recently, we've begun to banter back and forth on Go Be the Church. I whined about his asking us to, be, to go be the church. Why would we talk about church when church is something so many of our young people consider it a six-letter word like cancer? I admit Jonathan's comeback was very thorough and solid defense of church and proclaimed why should we go be the church, and a proclamation of why we should go be the church. And he will continue to tell you about that in coming weeks. So I was thinking and asking the Lord what I would talk about uh, during this swan song. Our Tuesday small group is quite, a, quite cerebral at times, and often asking questions back and forth, we can drift from the topic. And this past Tuesday, I drifted into why we as a church are an alliance. We talk about mission of the alliance and why the mission helps us walk together and represent the kingdom of God. In 2008, my son Jonathan (laughs) 
left Petawawa to fight in Afghanistan as a volunteer infantryman. He trained hard, and then we as a congregation prayed over him. This might take longer than 20 minutes. And he left for a nine-month tour of duty. There are many stories of how God protected and preserved his life and the lives of his battle group as they sought to change and improve the lives of Afghan citizens and protect them from the Taliban. Over 100 people prayed for that mission. And he and his group, that he and his group would be protected and successful. None of his group were killed. Only one soldier had one minor injury, a little flesh wound. And they and returned to duty in a matter of days. In that setting, the mission was clear. The tactics were well laid out and practiced. And in that context, they were successful. Not everyone agreed with the tactics or lived the lifestyle of integrity or wholesomeness. But when the commanding officer called them to action, they fell into mission. In this last two years, we as a society and world have participated in a battle to eradicate a common enemy, COVID-19, in all its forms. The mission has been clear. The tactics have been conflicting. But for the most part, the mission to reduce the effect of COVID has been successful. We are an alliance church. The Christian Missionary Alliance was formed in the 1880s as a missionary society with a common mission to pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the field, to invite people into the kingdom of God, the church. Our message as laid out by our international symbol, the cross, our savior who brings freedom and holiness, the cup, our sanctifier who clears away shame and guilt. The pitcher, our healer, who redeems our minds and our bodies. The crown, our coming king, who brings heaven to earth. In the 1880s, his mission and message drew together people from all different backgrounds to form an alliance, to carry forward the mission. So 100 year, 140 years later, here we are. We are an alliance. We have different approaches upbringings, sacraments, ways of worship, and yet we hold high in value our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, King. As a mission, we declare these beliefs and values to the world. We are aligned under this common purpose to love God supremely and facilitate through love and servant actions others to come and know Jesus as Lord. To do this as an alliance sometimes leads to disagreements on how or why. But as we focus on our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, King, the mission of acting and proclaiming, we can routinely lay aside those different approaches, those upbringings of sac and sacraments and ways of worship that might take us off mission or stand in the way of discovering the love that God has. We can love God with all of our hearts, minds, bodies, soul, strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. Jesus calls us to be like him, a friend of sinners, loving the unlovely, 
loving the different in people. It takes perseverance, intentionality, and humility to walk out that mission. Along the path, we've learned a couple of things that have helped us in doing that. Just a couple. As Jesus was shamed and accused and dying on the cross, working out his mission, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. So many times, you've had to forgive me for what I've said, or I've had to forgive you or for what I've done. We do this for the cause of Christ. We do this for the cause of mission. To carry forward that God loves the people, all of the people. Secondly, there's two thrones in heaven, or at least two aspects of the same throne. Revelation 20 talks about the throne of judgment. And often we can agree with the one, the accuser of the brethren, and go before the Father and agree with him about how he needs to improve his creation. How we need to fix them somehow. As a purveyor of sin and hatred, Satan does not willingly come before the Father because God hates sin. However, he can be represented in what we speak out with him before our Father God as we pray. But Hebrews 4.16 talks about the other view of the throne, the throne of grace, where in prayer with Jesus the Advocate and in person to those God has brought into our path, we bring reconciliation, encouragement, comfort, creativity, joy, And we take our friends and talk to our Heavenly Father about how truly wonderful they are. How beautiful He created them. They are the apple, the treasure, and the focus of His attention. Jesus was a friend of sinners. You know, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. God loves the people of the world. All of the people. And as Jesus sent out his disciples, we're to say the kingdom is near. It's not far away. God loves you. Say that though you may feel like a leper, despised, rejected, and ashamed, he loves you. You are forgiven, released, adopted, set free. You are family. And in God's family, we make room for each other. How does that work in COVID? Some in the church hold so dearly to church that missing a personal gathering of the body is to break their heart. So they attend despite the risk. Others stay away because they don't know if their health can handle COVID infection. They're afraid to suffer that risk, so they watch from the online and feel alone. Others don't want the hassle of masking up, so they stay at home. So how do we balance that? We love God and our brothers. We make room for each other in our weaknesses, whatever those are, each of those weaknesses. And in the context of that, we shift our focus to mission. Christ the Redeemer, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King, in every way, 
We see the field ready to harvest. We go be the church, which is to proclaim with our actions and our voices, if necessary, that God loves the people. We're not all the same. God designed us uniquely. There's no one else like me, thank God. I used to be such a radical. I've calmed down a bit, a lot, actually. I'm thinking about this, and I, I thought about John Faulkner, who I went to high school with. He was a 90, I think he graduated with a 97.8% average. He was very smart. And we was to go around the school, and I, as the Pentecostal preacher's kid, would be trying to figure out how I could convert people to Christ. And I would turn to John and say, where's that found, John? Where's that found, John? But we made a team. He was different than I was. He was very knowledgeable of the word. And I ran across also, John mentioned that I'm a bit of an archivist, a letter that I wrote to Linda when I'd come to Toronto and she had not yet left Espanola. And I said that on the bus down to Toronto, I hadn't found more than two people to talk to about Christ. So yeah, I've, I've mellowed a bit. And that may be good or bad, but I've done that in the common context of community in church. We need each other. More than ever, we need each other. As a church, we need each other. And our community needs us to be on mission. Being the church in community dinners, in the street corners with sex workers, in the LGBTQ community, with the abused, with the stranger, we need to be the voice that calls people to the kingdom, telling them that God is not far away, that the kingdom of God is at hand, creatively, faithfully, and with integrity. Linda and I have lived our time here, raised our family, being part of this community, and we are grateful and thankful. We live through calamity and increase. God and the people of this NAC community have been faithful to walk alongside us. And it's all about mission. It's all about proclaiming that God loves the people, that God loves those that would hear his voice and come to him. In closing, I have a few shout outs I'd like to make. And as the worship te team sort of comes along, um, I apologize if I miss anybody here. But I'd like to speak out a few words that it's important to be able to speak thanking, thank yous to people. It's important to be able to encourage those prophetically that you walked with. So let me start by, I'm thankful for this worship team. 
and in particular for those who go and live in the throne room and take the themes of heaven. And I want to encourage you, Glenn and Brittany and Glenn Hunt and Jacob and Jessica and Jessica and Scott and the Jonathans, Matthew, Jonathans, Ganyo and Asbury and Matthew and Vicki and Heather and Derek and Melissa. Write down those songs. Write down the songs you hear in the night. We're instructed to come together and with songs and hymns and spiritual songs, teach one another. That's where the teaching happens. Yes, Jonathan comes up and and speaks and, and that teaching is important too. But what we hear in the throne room, what we see in the word, as it's expressed through song, teaches our hearts. So write down those songs in the night. Play them, copyright them. Bring those songs, hymns, and spiritual songs that teach the hearts of the people and lift them to the throne of God. I am stirred and encouraged by the two Michelles, Kwok and Asbury, Peter and Heather, David Byhausen, Glenn Robinson, Paul McLaurin, as you grow and stretch in the teaching gifts. God has given you a word to speak to the people. Jonathan has a challenge. He has a crop of preachers to mentor and grow and find places to speak out God's love. I encourage you, Johan, Helen, Jane, Andrew, Suzanne, Linda Robinson, Christine Hunt, Paul and Joy McLaurin, and Kelly and Shannon, who speak prophetically. Speak louder. Speak more boldly. Bring your dreams to the elders and pastors. Bring encouragement to the people because God loves the people. I encourage you people of prayer that you should be, and that should be all of you, to whom God gave all authority in Jesus' name to heal the sick, cast out demons, and raise the dead to do so. Okay, so maybe not raise the dead this week, but, you know, to practice and to practice and to practice. There's no downside to praying for people. There's no downside to laying on hands. There's no downside to comforting and coming alongside people. I encourage you pastors, Don, Diane, and Denise, and Mike, Dara, and Elizabeth, and Mai, and Steve, and Linda, and Cassandra, and Danita, and Kathy, who lift up the brokenhearted and see Jesus there. You are ministers of reconciliation and restoration. You walk where Jesus walks. I encourage you, Sherry and Paul Maxman, who, and those involved in the community dinner, you, are, you represent the church to those Jesus holds dear. 
You are so privileged to love, to heal, and to encourage the least of these. I encourage you elders among us, both those appointed and those still to be appointed, to walk boldly into that call with servant hearts. To on your knees pray for the people in the authority of Jesus' name. To hear and to speak the wisdom of God. To consider and bring good counsel. To pray for the sick so that they can recover. I'm so excited to see the shiny new elder, Michelle, and her husband, Jason, a tower of strength to her and their family, whom I welcomed to NAC not so many days ago. I'm excited to see the old guy, Steve, come back too. It will be interesting to see how the two seasoned fellows, Steve and Keith, shake up the young'uns on their elders board. I encourage you, Chris and Glenn, as you diligently, faithfully serve and inspire young people and the young people of Newmark Alliance with integrity and worship and prayer. Worship should be such a part of the children's ministry. The story of how you serve the children and youth of Mac will be told in the next generation. I encourage you, Jonathan and Victoria Gagnon, as you pour out your lives to God and his people, as you serve with this, this sorry, serve with distinction, first in worship, then in leadership, then in teaching, and the many other hats you carry. Finally, I encourage you people of Newmarket Alliance, those here and those at a distance and those who just can't turn us off. Thank you for being the church, walking together for the cause of Christ on mission and in the trenches. You are a loved people, called, chosen, loved. Lift up your eyes. Look at the fields they are ready to harvest. Don't say it's four more months. It's now. Love the people. Go be the church.